1: Welcome to another episode of Out of the Blank Podcast, but we're going to call it Robbie's Special Scenarios because I have one of the closest people to my heart. He's a bladesmith. He's a forger of passion, a forger of fire, a forger of my cold, hard emotion. That sound good? I love it. Did I say it like you wrote it?
0: Man, I'm totally down.
1: (laughs) I have a question, though, because you mentioned something to me, and I've been literally waiting probably around maybe a week and a half since you told me, what do you mean you slept in the same bed Jimmy Buffett did?
0: Dude. So all right. turn this up. Um, and it sounds cooler than it really is. But uh, me and my wife a couple years ago rented this cabin way out in the middle of nowhere. Um, really dope cabin. And, you know, looking through the book of everybody that stayed, and jimmy buffett was on it signed it and everything so we went to the uh the head cabin place whatever it is and like oh yeah the owner and jimmy buffett are best friends
1: whoa yeah so you slept in the same bed that jimmy buffett did
0: I, did, I had sex in the same bed as
1: you. <laughs> even better did you feel like you were soaking up any of his power like I always feel I like did. you know like when they talk about like um There's apparently if you look through the Bible, there's like they talk about like uh, things that God has touched, like weapons or certain items that are like touched by God. And I'm like, so you soak up the power. Have you did you feel like you were soaking up anything from the sheets to maybe the mattress pad? Anything? Did you feel like you were soaking up anything besides not hopefully not HIV, but something like (laughs) positive?
0: I think I got herpes from Jimmy Buffett.
1: (laughs) Because, look, I think the only cool person I've really ever met besides like maybe cool people to me, like singers or something like of my favorite band. um, I smoked weed with Slightly Stupid, which I'll put on my resume when I die or something. But I saved Randy Orton's life one time, like WWE Randy Orton. All right. go, Go ahead. Tell it. So I worked at a jet ski place and he was running a pontoon boat and he was like, you know, he just docked his boat. He was out with his family. He did not look like the Randy Orton you see on like the video games or anything like that. He looked like he had a dad bod and he was, I guess, the off season or something like that. And he just goes, I'm gonna do a dive. And he goes to dive off the back of the pontoon boat. And I'm like, don't. And he's like, why? And I'm like, watch this. And I just jump right into the water. And I mean, as soon as my feet hit knees to my chest, it hits me. Because the water is only like maybe up to your kneecaps. And I was like, You almost went head first into that. And he was like, dude, you just saved my life. And I was like, Yo, yeah, I mean, I know you do stunts and all, but you're gonna break your friggin' neck if you did that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's
1: awesome. Wait, who's what was the other one, the Sloppy Seconds? Slightly Stupid. Who's that? Oh my God, see, that's why I said it. it's only gonna be important to me. Well, no, I know the name, but I can't think who that is. So I didn't know this until like, I guess when I, after like I met them, was that, so their band, they're like, um, you know, everyone knows Sublime. Well, when Bradley Knoll was in high school, or no, when Bradley Knoll was performing at a high school, these two people who created Slightly Stupid, sublime you know he met them and then he signed them onto their record label so they've been writing music and they have the same tones as sublime but they're two rest they're two wrestling coaches from freaking some high school that they went to like they coached the wrestling team there so imagine that you're wrestling on your team like oh i'm so nervous i gotta cut weight and then you gotta realize that your coaches are two of the biggest popular stoners in like reggae music that's awesome Yeah, that's what I'm saying.
0: It's cool, man. Hey,
1: no, I I, I, like those little things, right? I wish I had something as cool as that. Like, I guess the only thing I have is my last name, for instance, is Robertson. And that's the name of the actual character for Fat Albert. So I'm like, that's all I got. Sorry.
0: No. Well, no. All right. So synchronicity wise, those little things like that, <clears throat> so, man, we're – there's uh, serial killers in South Carolina. Todd Colehep. and he was just down the road where they caught him. They had to, He had some chick chained up in a uh, shipping container and all sorts of things. She just got arrested a couple years ago. And it's kind of like that seven degrees of Kevin Bacon. The company that I I manage and work for, our delivery drivers would take stuff to the facility where this chick was, and they knew him. And it was so weird. Like, you could pull him up on our computer, but we've delivered out to him.
1: See, that's kind of like my buddy, for instance, back in the day, he used to tell me he was related to Robert E. Lee, but he would never dare to say that now just with the way society has gone. And I'm like, is it is it bad to like be known or be related to someone or have someone in your life? Like, imagine one day you're like scrolling through your family ancestry and you find out that you're related to Charles Manson. Are you going to brag about that or are you going to keep that on the download? Like, I don't want anybody knowing that my ancestor was Charles Manson, or even like a cousin was Lorena Bobbitt. You know who she is? Yeah. Why does everyone know who she is? I'm like the only one that just figured out what her name was.
0: What? Well, you're young. It was a big thing, like before you were born? That
1: was should, 30 should be, years ago. should be a big thing now. Like if there was like a, why don't we have memorials or history museums for psychopaths?
0: I don't know. Oh, I got one more. So down here, there's this woman, uh,
1: mid nineties, drove her kids into a lake. Oh my God. That's the joke about that. Her The mother got so pissed off because the kids wouldn't shut up. So she took to a trip down by the river. That's what yeah, oh. sort of her name was Susan Smith. Oh, oh my God. There's a bunch of documentary stuff about her.
0: So that was the town over from us and you know you, you never really think about it what, my wife owns a salon pretty upscale blah 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 guy walks in she cuts his hair a couple of times he's like oh yeah I, got, I really got to get in today get my hair cut said, oh why why i gotta i'm on dr phil tomorrow it was it's her husband that like no one knew his, his she drove his kids into the lake killed them she made this big story up that she got carjacked by a black guy and this is mid-90s south in a very white town in the middle of nowhere and it was an uproar I have like some black friends from that town that grew up at that time and they were like they were all freaked out they wouldn't leave their house because the gangs were out looking for black men
1: that's so scary. Imagine that like I'm always afraid like when I go to my barber, for instance, like, she, like she cuts my hair and she doesn't even ask and I've been to multiple different ones so they don't know me like I'm not a regular I just go in there like, maybe once or twice a year or something to get, you know, when I start wearing my hats when you know I got to get a haircut because I just refuse to comb it but I'll walk in. Remember sitting down and she just starts cutting. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I need to tell you what I wanted. And then she just starts going. And I'm really good. I like to think at being able to have a conversation with someone. Like, I'm okay. I can manage at least. I'm like pulling teeth here, trying to get her to talk to me. Like, hey, what about your kids? Hey, what about? No, no, no. She didn't, not a word, just starts snipping and going. And I'm like, well, my hair is going to be fucked. I know that for a fact. That's,
0: dude, I'm not real good at conversating until I get to know you. But my wife, she's made for that job. She will talk to people she's never met, like she's known them forever. I have no idea how she does it.
1: Is your it's phone so weird. is your phone auto correcting to me when you message me because it's you? You say your wife, but then you have a husband too, or is that just a mess up with the iPhone?
0: Uh, no, I'm a wife.
1: I'm gonna read you this message. Oh shit. So this is what you said to me. I have husband work scheduled. Oh, okay. Never mind. Now that oh, I say it. Oh, yeah. Up, I, I got out.
0: big boy shit to do.
1: Okay. What's what's big boy shit? Isn't a podcast with me that's big boy shit?
0: It is big boy shit, but you know, you got to power wash the house and do all your vacation chores.
1: You sucks. Just, you you use your your money and you get someone to do that for you. Yeah, I'm not that much money. Yeah, you are. You got no. a blacksmith shop. Yeah,
0: but you know, you gotta plus I don't mind. I like doing it. That's
1: Most of the time. that's a psychopath right there. If you like <laughs> doing house I like vacuuming though, so I can't complain. Like, I mean, I guess it's because every job I had, like I worked as a housekeeper for so long in a hotel that I actually enjoy it's just peaceful. You put in headphones and you just let everybody yeah. leave you alone. See,
0: that's the thing. I, I like cleaning, it makes me feel good. You know, once it's done, you step back and the house is nice and clean and it's fantastic.
1: Would you say you have OCD though? Cause like people say, people tell me I have OCD and I'm like, I just like shit clean. Like I don't like having a bunch of dishes in the sink. Like, it's like when you're working, for instance, when you're in the forage and you're, you want all your materials out in such random places, or do you like it the way you like it, where it's kind of organized? You know how to get to everything and you're not having to trip like hoarders. You ever see that show where they make a fucking path? from their couch to their refrigerator to the bathroom and then everything else is just piled up around them. I couldn't do that. I mean, I can throw a bunch of clothes on a chair in my room for sure, but I have to make my bed. I have to do certain things to at least make it look amply nice. I'd say.
0: Oh, I agree. No, once a week I have to scour the house. The house has to be cleaned. You know, just with work, you know, I work, 10 hours a day. My wife works eight hours a day. We're chasing kids. And then I've got the side job trying to get knives out to people. So I take one day a week and everything gets clean.
1: Do you save your orders for one day a week or do you do them all like throughout the week? Like if you get a call or get a special order, you just run to the shop.
0: I try to do um, once a week. But like luckily I'm on vacation, so I've got four knives sitting here that for customers.
1: Oh yeah. Do you ever like do you ever do you have to like when you take them home or something like that or do you leave them at the shop? Like if you have to mail them out, do you ever get like afraid to get pulled over?
0: No, no. I'm in the south. (laughs)
1: hang on a second what is that supposed to mean if I see a dude with a bunch of knives I'd be like this is another Lorena Bobbitt situation
0: oh there's no fucks given down here no nobody gives a shit my neighbors never come over like they don't even nothing bothers anybody down here
1: okay now here's my possible scenario I was going to say if you could choose to live in either like the Fred Flintstone time period, you could choose to live in like the Renaissance or you could choose to live in the Viking age. Where would you, what time period would you choose? And why do you think you would survive that well in that time period?
0: Oh, man. See, all of them have issues. Um, Probably Renaissance. Really? You know? Yeah. Yeah. We're starting to get medicines and things are,
1: Changing the medicine I, wasn't probably, good, they they chop yeah. the shit out of everything. Have you ever read a book, um, called The Art of Butchery? No, it's um, by this doctor named Dr. Lindsay Fitzharris. I followed her since like when Joe Rogan was on episode 100, so it was like three, four years ago. And I, I I keep trying to message and get her on the podcast because she helped me learn a lot more about Victorian surgery, and I didn't know is that the reason why they wear these powdered wigs and stuff was it was to hide syphilis. And somehow, oh, yeah, yeah, just,
0: yeah, no, I've seen that one.
1: Yeah, it just got misconstrued in our head to yeah. you know, think that means rich. But when syphilis, for instance, your fucking nose fell off, and there was a. A a surgeon back then that was like I mean ahead of his time but he would take your thumb or your big toe and he would sew it where your nose would be so you'd have like an artificial nose and it sounds like it would not look good at all but the dude the way he did it it actually looked manageable like if you were like staring from a distance maybe had some bad eyesight like let's say 2060 like You're looking at the dude, you could kind of see like that looks like a nose, but there was a famous surgeon, Robert Liston, who is known as um, I think it's like the fastest hands in the Southwest or something like that he has a 300% kill rate in one of his surgeries where he killed the patient by chopping off her leg. Because like we said, the medicine might've been good for its time, but it was like you chop something off and then you just wait to see if the person dies from infection. But he chopped off this woman's leg. She ended up dying, chopped off his assistant's fingers during the surgery. He ended up dying of infection. And then as he was moving, he sliced an old spectator's coat and the guy had a heart attack and died. So he was the only one to kill three people in one surgery.
0: Man, see, I don't, I get, I don't know, man. I, I'm so stuck that this is the best time that ever was right now. I don't, I have no one, it, it, I would go back to the '50s, but I, would, I, I don't really. Yeah, man, that's uh, back then it was rough. I, well, I, think- I have no like, I can't remember. I don't even romanticize
1: it. I, I think. It's easier back in the 50s compared to where it is now, maybe in some aspects like medicine and technology wise, it's greater, but also a lot of the issues that we have come with the technology that we have, you know, these types of things And my, this is like my theory on everything. Like I always look at someone and I think we've all met at least one person where we look at them and we go, how have you kind of survived in life? Like you don't really seem to have any skills or it's sad to say, but you know, some people are like extremely sheltered and stuff, but if someone, if we're looking at that person like that, then someone like Elon Musk looks at us like that. So I'm like, is elon musk really as talented as everyone says or maybe if you hear about like the government for instance they apparently have technology that's like 50 or 60 years past what we have so i'm like maybe they're like let's get the world on this new tesla car since it's old shit now let's find a scientist the guy who's been maybe posted in articles a long time ago and let's make them give a comeback so they knocked on elon musk's door and they're like hey Here's the plans to the Tesla. And this is going to make you a billion something dollars. And he's just the front man for everything.
0: Uh, man. See, the way I've always looked at like Tesla, he is brilliant. That's, or Elon's brilliant. Yeah. But he's a brilliant manager. He has the perfect people on his team. You know, hey, we're going to do this electric car. Find me the best batteries. That's your team. How are we going to hook this up That's your team? You know, it's kind of like a NASA thing. Everyone has their specialty in the whole thing. It's not just five guys sitting around making a rocket. It's hundreds of people and hundreds of different teams. So him managing those teams and telling people, hey, I want a rocket that'll self-land. Figure it out.
1: Yeah, but see, here's the issue is, is that even though like the credit goes to him, also the blame goes to him as well too like when his rocket crashed and everyone's like what about all the animals and all the things because what happens is when his rocket took off what they do before takeoff before rockets is they have a couple people scavenged the area for little reptiles and little insects and things of this sort to make sure they cleared out of the blast zone. So you're not going to kill those things. They're not just a casualty of fire or something like that. Well, when this rocket landed and crash landed, it didn't land where it took off. It landed miles and miles and miles away. And it happened to land on, you know, an area that wasn't covered yet. So it killed anything in that area. So he gets the blame for that. And it's like when the iPhone came out, everyone correlates that with Steve Jobs. But then nobody talks about the fact of like, what about the team? Like he's making all these new innovative technology. There's people pitching that. And I would just, that's when you, that's when you create a killer is when you, so you take somebody's idea and you don't give them credit or any, a little bit of maybe a, tiny scrap of money but now this new invention takes off and another dude's getting you know just like there's inventions throughout history where someone is like you you might have made the product but you're not appealing to the public we're gonna get this guy or this person to be the face of the product and i'm like fuck man if this thing became like a revolutionary device like the swiss army knife and someone was had the face of it so every time someone thought of that knife they thought of that guy But we all
0: know that guy in our lives. It has such a magnetic personality that you just kind of sit back in awe. How how do you do that? How do you go and talk to people like that? How are you, do people love you that much? You know, that's the same thing. Steve Jobs, brilliant man. Did he invent the iPhone? He probably drew it out, told him what he wanted. And his teams are the ones who invented the iPhone. And he gets the credit.
1: You made me think of Bill Gates when I was like, is that why they give him the sweater just so he seems more appealing, but it's still hard to look past the face? It is. Yeah, I, I, I'm i trying to think because I, I, I want to know what, how and why. Even if, if someone's not appealing, are you really worried about the product like so much where you're like, I need a front man with a good face to be able to sell this product? I can see if it's like a TV show, you want to get a good looking person or an appealing person to play a star in a movie. Like you want to get a famous name or a famous face. But when it comes to a product, though, like the wow guy, he didn't fucking invent the wow, but they picked him because he just seemed appealing. Get a skinny guy that looks like he's on meth, and then they tossed mm-hmm. it at you, and then you were happy with it until so he bit a stripper's tongue off. Or no, a stripper bit his tongue off. Yeah. He get his tongue bit off? Or she... Yeah. I she... knew it was something with a hooker. She, A stripper bit his tongue off and then he slapped her in the face.
0: Aw. Well.
1: It's understandable I mean, at that point. It's like if you know, someone yeah. bites your tongue off, you're not going to act like, oh, I'm no. sorry. Did I go too far? No. I think you right.
0: You need a man, You need a figure. Even in doing... This shit, like I have a lot of friends that do knives all over the United States. Some don't sell. They're horrible pitchmen. You know, they can't, and I'm not the best by any means. I have some friends that are amazing at what they do. And, but there's guys, they, their gear is fucked up. They don't, you know, they don't take care of themselves. So you're looking at them like, kind of a gross dude probably lives in a trailer i'm gonna go buy from this guy because he's kind of amusing you know i know a lot of guys that sell and this is their job this is what they do they make twice the amount of money i make but they're the most amusing awesome dude you ever met and their product's not that great
1: but see I think I think differently on it, because if I go to a knife convention or something, I don't want to buy from the guy in a nice suit that's pitching me knives with an awesome sales pitch. I want to talk to the guy that has like the amazing beard, has cigarette stains in a jacket or something like that, because I know that person to me seems like the one that's going to have the best knives. You know what I mean? Like, for instance, in Mm -hmm. Greek mythology, Hephaestus and some lore he's considered big bulky buff dude but in a lot of it he's considered very ugly half of his face is completely melted from working in the forge all day and like you know he's out of shape a little bit but it's like he's the fucking god of like making weapons and tools and all these good arts like craft type things and i'm like that's when i go to a knife convention i'm not looking at the sleazy salesman who's going buy a knife one knife two knife three knives two ninety nine i don't want to buy it from that guy i want to buy it from the guy who's like these are my knives. And it's like, okay. And then it's like, it makes me want to sh- like for you, for instance, you have an appealing look about you. You have the, the amazing beard, the amazing, you know, mustache and everything. It all fits together well, but you look like you fit your craft perfectly. Like I, I can just picture you like, you know, putting in some like Metallica or something and just hitting down at the forge, man. And where a lot of people like for me, I don't like to get my hands super dirty. If I get muddle <laughs> my hands, I'm like, fuck, you know? But I'm good at like doing other things. Like I'm able to, you know, I, c- I can skateboard, I can surf, I can do all these things where I look like I fit that lifestyle. So it makes you wonder if the hobby fits, crafts your look or does, do you, or do you just pick up the look that fits the craft?
0: I, I might be a little bit, at least for me, like, like I'm just this guy. This is just how I've always been. Like a lot of the guys that are really aren't short and tie guys when they're go to knife shows. They're like Dickies, Jesse James looking guys. And that's what most people are drawn to. You um, know, they want that Jesse James car looking guy. You know, that's the guy that sells.
1: It's like when people spent $80 for acid wash jeans, because apparently that means you work hard or some shit like that. Oh, God, yes. hate this really? You so don't terrible. like them? You don't like them when they cut the little holes in them and then they charge the extra no. $100? Bro, when I was your age
0: in 91, like that shit was hip and I didn't like it then either.
1: I love it because you said <laughs> that shit was hip, and then he did the yeah, whole it, like thing. He did the whole pizzazz with the hand too. <laughs> yeah, dude. It's it. Yeah. No,
0: it, it's just one of the man. I I've kind of I still am ninety one. Like grunge, still listen to grunge and Slayer and you know old school hip hop and I'm the same guy I was in high school. Thirty years later.
1: Now, do you think the music can craft out your personality then? Like, because I know, like, for instance, like I was a hardcore, like I always wore like AC/DC shirts when I was a kid. My dad was in a Kiss tribute band. So I grew up knowing my dad is like the cat. So I you know that was me for a while. And then I ended up picking up. 311 music and then picking up slightly stupid sublime. And then I just changed my whole like, look, it just happened. It didn't like I was like, all right, now I got to change to this. It just kind of crafted out. And I've liked this personality or this style a hell of a lot better. You know, it's like when people turn to country music, sooner or later, they're wearing blue jeans. They got a can of dip in their back pocket. And I'm like, does the music find your personality? You find something that resonates with and then it just changes your taste on clothing, change your taste on food, changes your taste on your lifestyle. I think so you know it's it depends though some people are just
0: like casually vampires of style they just fall in to whatever's hip and our style changes You know, I've been wearing dickies and flannel shirts since 91 so you know if you find something that your heart's in the music doesn't change all that much your style doesn't change I'll probably be wearing adidas's and sticky shorts
1: the rest of my life Hmm. because i'm now i'm starting to think like imagine if you fall into something like maybe not so like like if you listen to mr roger's music all the time you're going to end up wearing a cardigan well if you're involved in freemasonry all the time are you going to end up wearing like cloaks and shit like i start to kind of because you were in freemasonry and i've talked to someone who's in freemasonry and he didn't give me all the magical stuff that i thought i was going to get but I mean, I like that spellcraft stuff. And that's where I see, like, I come across people that are known as witches or they call themselves like Wiccans or all these types of things on Instagram where I'm like, I roll a little bit. But it's interesting because they put on like, as soon as someone puts witch in their bio, they take a photo with black eyeliner on and all these things. I'm like, is it possible to be a witch without just adding all that shit onto you? Like, can you just have like a nice uh, Dolly Parton haircut or maybe uh, Nancy Grace? Remember her? She's like the devil. She is like a devil. Yeah. Is she still around? I don't know. I, I, she's like I, all those marijuana cigarettes. I'm like, oh my <laughs> God. I was watching Hancock and they had her on uh, the TV talking about Hancock. Like, you think you're above the law, buddy? And I'm like, oh, I'm fucking getting anxiety just listening to this.
0: Dude, she, she was the best.
1: I used to just watch her
0: and just grit my teeth. It was the best.
1: I don't know how that's the best. It's kind of like when I watch – um. What's his name? Oh, he's a famous interviewer. Oh, someone called me him at one point. What's his name? You know him. He's got like black curly hair. Interviews a lot of people. Stern? Yes, Howard Stern. I don't like his way he does his interviewing because I know he's trying to get information out, but it's so like disrespectful because he hits on like some very sensitive things and I could do that for sure, but I don't want to, because it's a miserable, like it's interesting for attention. Like it gets the people like, <gasps> like reality television, you want to see someone get knocked the fuck out when you're watching reality television, but then that whole like build up, even if it's trying to root out someone's like, get a rise out of them. I just don't like that. I consider that disingenuous, like you're setting them. Up up into a trap
0: you know it's something with stern though when he started doing that in the late 80s in early 90s that no one ever saw it. so it blew is blew everybody's mind so he's you know he now has that following kind of like the rush limbaugh kind of thing where you know you have a following of like-minded people that like that and in the 80s when it shocked everybody they had to listen and there was something in the movie where 50 percent of the people listen for an hour and 90 percent listen for four hours and they're like well why would somebody listen or the people that don't like him listen for four hours like why because they want to see what he's going to say next
1: do you think people want Do you think at least back in the day more people wanted to find out truths or find out shock and then now people are kind of upset by all of the shock like we've kind of like i feel like because society or at least the way people act it takes about five years of acting that way or 10 years of acting that way before like the ball starts coming in like you start getting a little bit of money back you know like if you invest in a company about 10 years down the line or a couple years down the line you start seeing a little bit of income come in and eventually it all just starts flowing in I feel like now everyone's getting all the information that they wanted for so long, because we're living, you might say we are living in a, the best time in my opinion, I think it's not, but also I think we've, seen a lot of shit that 50 or 30 years ago you would have never expected in a million years like a bunch of political figures to be worshiping a giant site called bohemian grove and all this shit like that just sounds like if you were to talk to someone in like the 50s about that they're like what my stars you're like yeah but like kids nowadays are now growing up knowing this information knowing about all these experiments knowing aliens are real and things of that sort and i'm like fuck i don't know if it was better back then it kind of seems like once that door opens up you're like i can't close the box again you can't
0: uh i'm bl- social media is a son of a bitch man like i know we have to have it but it's the worst it is so bad like lost my train of thought uh a bird in your shop oh yeah you're in the shop today i feel it, birds i got all sorts of shit in here um what are you saying? Social media, terrible, devil. But I think we're at a turning point of people finding out, and I hate using fake news, but it's such a – news is shit. You know, nobody's telling the full truth. There's nothing that you can learn from the news anymore. At least in the 50s, there was some integrity to journalism. Now it's about – who can put out the most ridiculous thing and get as many hits. So there's kind of, I think we're at a turning point of society wants to get back to that but it has to start with your generation. Once your generation goes hey look this is silly we need to get back to cottage core and just all doing all these things that meant something. And See, get away from social
1: media. This is why I asked you the question about what time period you want to live in. Because I feel like right now it's just so easy to survive. That, like, I've talked to journalists before and they're like, why do you want to be? Because I, I told them, like, I wanted to be a journalist. I, that's what I wanted to do when I was a kid. Like, I wanted to be a designer too, where I make shirts. You still got to give me a short, a shirt order. I have a shirt that I'm making right now before this podcast. That's why I was a little bit late, but I wanted, I'm going to send it to you. I know you're going to like that one. Um, oh, but-
0: dude. I'm... I've still got yours that I have to mail out and I've just been so damn lazy and I forget about it.
1: But the journalism thing, for instance, when I wanted to be a journalist, they told me why would you want to go to school to be a, like my journalism degree doesn't mean anything anymore. I'm like, why? They're like, Because any person that has access to the internet as a blogger is technically a journalist. And the issue is, is that you can write whatever you want to write. And with cancel culture starting to have like a pushback to it, like people are starting to say like, I don't give a shit anymore. Like I'm tired of feeling like I'm walking on eggshells it's you're seeing a little bit of like, like before it was like, all right, anything, whatever you feel, put it up. That's it. It it could be misinformation. It doesn't matter. But like, I just got into like a little bit of an argument with someone today where I was talking about the UFC, for instance, MMA. Um, I was telling them like the reason, like the biggest issue when it comes to injuries happens to do with your gloves. It's the equipment that they're using. The gloves are kind of an issue like they're starting to look at bare knuckle boxing and wondering if it was better back then when you could hit someone with your bare fist because it's the same reason like if i give you steel toe boots compared to flip flops you're gonna kick hard with your foot sure but with steel toe boots you're gonna try and fucking hurt the shit out of somebody rather than if you have like flip flops on same thing with gloves when you make them so thick and padded they protect your hands but they don't protect the fighter's face you're really doing more damage you're making them more of an impact more of a rock when they get hit and this guy was like i took brazilian jiu-jitsu you don't you can't tell me and i'm like just fucking google it it's a fucking thing it's not like i'm just pulling information out of my ass but that's the issue with when someone receives some information then another person receives information from a different thing nobody wants to agree on anything they rather just get to an argument or something and i'm like fucking just google the shit like i can't tell you what's right i can't tell you what's wrong but i can tell you the information i've heard and then you can relate to me the information you have and we see where it goes from there
0: Oh, absolutely. Well, it's the same thing with um like the vaccine or anything else. It's they're following whoever they like, and you know, there's a microchip in the vaccine. Hmm. No, there's not. That's why no, Bill Gates no, White no.
1: divorced them.
0: No, no, there's not. I even know people that like grown adults that have told me that. Like you're out of your mind. That's, that's not true. Or grown adults talking about it, that adrenochrome is a thing and all these crazy conspiracies. I'm like, no, these, study, go online, find your own thing. Don't listen to Tucker Carlson and that shit show. Just find it for yourself.
1: Well, see, I, Made a joke saying that way before the like vaccine even came out or way before and coronavirus was first starting. I was like, I'm going to wait six months and to see what the vaccine does before I take it. Because I'm like, I don't want it to be like I am legend. That's how the fucking movie went. And I was joking. And then it started coming out with blood clots and all this stuff. And I'm just like, now they're they're all ass backwards now. And the reason why I say they're ass backwards is now they have to incentivize you to get it. Like now my state and multiple other states are now paying people to get the vaccine. I'm like, now you're really bringing in the conspiracy. People to be like, why the fuck are you paying me now to take it? You should be like, hey. Good. Like before, it was free donuts. Now you're like, you're gonna get eight hundred dollars if you show proof. And I'm like, oh my god, like that's not fucking good. Because then eventually that's gonna swing the other way, where they you initially want to pay people, and then now you're forced to get it without getting any money. So I'm like, fucking, when do we like just understand that you're gonna have like fires, explosions, people going batshit nuts with beef jerky in the basement?
0: Hey, you know, if somebody wants to get it or doesn't want to get it, that's on them. I don't give a shit i got mine i'm fully vaccinated
1: did you get any side effects uh, i did Hallucinations?
0: uh that was from the
1: acid <laughs> hang on a second do you have a good acid trip story because i love hearing these things I. Uh, yeah maybe maybe i've had psychonauts Kinda. on here you know you, there's no there's no like Recourse for doing acid and talking about it. I've had multiple people come on here and tell me they've seen like all these crazy trips. I'm just like, I'm too much of a sissy to take acid because I know I'm going to be that 1.1 percent that does not come back from it. No, you'd probably be fine if you can handle a high. I can't handle weed at all.
0: Oh, then you shouldn't do acid.
1: I fucking, I'm that type that like my face goes white. I look like I just got hit in the chest with a baseball, and I'm like. <gasps> And they're like, "Are you okay?" I'm like, "I don't know. I don't. I don't know. I don't know." See,
0: i I've always been,
1: I've always been
0: able to handle a high. So acid, I've seen some cool shit, but there's nothing really life changing. My best acid story is, I was out with one of my dudes one night. We're living in Cleveland in this apartment. All my roommates were home, and they were doing all the acid. So there was none left because I was out with somebody else. Well, the dude that I was out rolling with has a loudspeaker in his car. Now this is like 94. And he's got like the lights and all that shit for some reason. Never really asked him. Pull up in the alley, right when they're all peeking, turn on the the, <laughs> the lights, and the this is the police come out of the house. My God. Blah, blah, blah. Finally uh, went in the house, and they were all pinned to the wall. They just had no idea what was going on. They all thought that they are being raided by the DEA. See,
1: this is kind of like I don't I don't I just hallucinations for me, I just don't think I could handle because my imagination's so crazy. Cause like I remember uh hearing the story about this um she did this ultra marathon where she ran like 260 something miles or something like that. It took over like three days to be able to complete it's like this giant Spartan race type thing. And she said by the second day of just nonstop running, she had slept, I think 45 seconds, but she was hallucinating so bad she remembered seeing a cheetah like just a cheetah just sitting there watching her. And I'm like, the reason I like when I get sleep, it's scary. Cause when I sleep, it's like for a very short, brief amount of time, maybe like in a matter of 30 or 40 minutes, but it feels like 10 years, but my dreams are so intense. Like the one I had last night was I woke up and I remember I was in this mansion and I was like, I I felt like me. And I start walking. I walk to the bathroom and put, put some water in my hands. I, there was no mirror in front of me, so I couldn't see what's going on. And as I'm walking out, I see all these like, see all these like hot beach models everywhere. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on? And I never had these types of dreams. And I'm like, what is going on? And then they go, Hey, Hugh. And I'm like, Hugh. And so I like run, like try and find a mirror in the house. I look over, and I'm fucking Hugh Hefner. And I'm like, what the fuck? And I remember looking at my awesome hands, God. my my hands were all fucking old and shit. And I was like, what is going on? But I was like basically walking through the Playboy Mansion. And that's like, that's one dream out of like hundreds that I've had that are like, I've had super intense ones, super ones, like I had a dream. I went to like, when my great grandfather passed, this was like a year later, I had a dream that like we were at his funeral and everything. And it was like this, I mean, seven hours, it felt like at his ceremony. Or his like little like wake or whatever. And then I remember they go, all right, well, if you want to go see him, he's out back and like you know, to bury. And I was like, Oh, all right, out okay, I think we're burying a casket. No, he's fucking laying there on a fucking tombstone with his hands crossed. And then I come over, I'm like, oh, my God, somebody cover him up. And he's like, what took you so long? I'm like, well, you're fucking alive. Like, it's like it was the I don't I don't know what to I trying to do a dream analysis on that. I don't like have you ever had an intense dream like Mm -hmm. that?
0: Oh, I have a lot. But, man, that's a great, you know, depending on what circles you run in, you know, that's just ancestor worship. It's your grandfather. It's something that he needed to tell you. You know,
1: it's kind of it's
0: one of those things.
1: He told me that he, um, there was a bunch of uh old trophies or something that he had in his, uh, thinking it's like his back uh, attic or basement, and it was a bunch of old NASCAR trophies. He did NASCAR before it was NASCAR. I never even knew.
0: Dude, see, there, there's something that the dead, as they move on, they hold on to sometimes, and hence a lot of ghost sightings are when they say when you're somebody's dying, just let go let go, move on. So you'll see and to where people have poltergeist, PK entity, uh, just weird hauntings, it's the soul that can't pass on because they couldn't let go of something in their life. Whether it was childhood trauma to where you get a PK entity that's throwing things or they're hurting children or things like that. So your grandfather had something he wanted you to have something he wanted you to know something that he held on to that he did not let go of as he passed and it usually takes a year or so before the soul realizes what's going on once it passes that in utero stage of
1: going up my theory is as if we're all energy and you kind of kind of when if you ever come across like a dead body for instance or if you ever come across someone who's recently passed you notice that there's like no energy there just seems like there's a piece missing which we could probably call the soul do you think that since the earth is technically energy that we just residuate back into the earth and it just manifests somehow like we end up getting released at one point like a spirit or something like that like do you think we just return back to the earth a little bit, like kind of like Gaia myth, but more on the concept of like if the Earth is its own little ball of energy, we can sense it moving at least it, the flat earthers like to say, do you feel the earth move? And like I'm pretty sure if I'm high enough, I can stand outside I can feel the fucking wind shift me like I can feel the rotation
0: yeah you if you were in the center of the earth, yeah, you could feel the earth move. the reason why we're on the outside is because that's what causes gravity. but either way um yeah it, there's certain the with magnetics, electricity, they're in frequency. everything has it. We have it. We're all on a certain frequency. Everything has its own frequency. everything has an electrical charge. everything is controlled by the magnetics of like tides. same thing, you know, it's just a gra- gravitational magnetic pole. so. When is there a god that looks like is a white dude from with blue eyes from Egypt? No, it's it's a character, something that we have. With,
1: when it's personification, too. Yeah, how do you explain
0: thing? God or things that happen? In the fuck face peasant days, there's lightning. Well, that's a god. Because how do you explain to the fuck face peasant that that's lightning? That's electricity, electro, you know, the whole deal? So there are archetypes. We've built archetypes into gods. And same thing with how do you explain god and creation of man in the soul? Well, it's, you know, we're just nothing but carbon and atoms, and everything around us is made of the same atom. It's just a different configuration. Everything's intertwined. We're all the same as the dirt. Well, you can't explain that to the fuck-based peasant. Oh, that's God. That's what God is. God created you. You know, it's just all these archetypes of everything you can imagine. Well, how can birds stay in the air? Well, because of God. You know, it's just an easier thing. And we, 3,000 years later, are still using that instead of people going, all right, so our energy is taken. It's out there in the ether. Someday it gets put back in. You know, it's just, a, it's all <sighs> mishmash.
1: Well, it's string c- theory it's kind of like if you notice like when things for instance like um so if we talk about energies for instance but if we talk about archetypes so like back in greek mythology days they ended up worshiping these gods so much and then ended up hating them and resenting them later down the line when they started to lose belief that they started to take down all the statues that were built after these things that's why a lot of the statues we have left people say it's from thousands and thousands of years of just wear and tear no it's from it's from people destroying every single one of them and trying to just get rid of it unless it was art like such as like a sculpture of a person that's why usually they're missing an arm or something that might be from travel but there's none of these giant monoliths or statues because eventually people were fucking just didn't want them up anymore they wanted to take them down kind of narrowing down the thing like for instance now there's probably around 56 or so percentage of the population that just doesn't have a belief in anything, not on a concept of they don't know what to believe in, but on a concept of like, they just don't know. There's just this openness and there's so much culture now where it seems like everybody's got a piece of the same puzzle. But if we go back to the theory of we're all energy that residuates back into the earth, for instance, if the earth is its own energy as well if you look at mars mars has no life on it and the planet looks dead maybe we're fueling the earth but instead of being in a more positive way where the earth can function at a better rate we've kind of with all this hate and all this negativity we've kind of given it this thing where it can still survive but it's running at like half capacity
0: Mm -hmm. well the way because we've talked about you know i went through a bunch of hard years of depression and anxiety. It was, what got me out of that was changing my energy from meditation and bringing in a higher frequency and more positive energy that changed my life. You know, people always ask, well, how did you get on TV? How did you get your own shop? how did you do all these things in your life? How'd you get on a podcast? Well, I manifested it. I brought it to me. This is what I wanted. It's like a chaos magic kind of thing where you manifest, you send it out into the universe and it comes back. As long as you're, you have a definite beginning and end point of what you want. Before we talked for the first time, you contacted me. A month earlier, I was talking to a friend of mine with, Man, podcast, podcast. There's going to be a podcast thing. We're going to start a podcast. Something's going to be podcasting. And within a month, you contacted me. You know, started making knives because I wanted to do a different kind of art form. Within a year, I'm on TV. I used to be a fine artist. Decided I needed a painting. So I did it in my garage. Within a year, I had my first gallery show. It's just these weird synchronicities that if you put it out there, the universe wants us to be happy. That's plain and simple. If you put out negativity and some of the most brilliant people I've ever met were drug dealers and thugs, but that's how they live their life. That's what they put out. If they would change that and bring it back, man, they could have been anything. So it's just, I think it's what we manifest. And same thing with the soul. People come back after they get reincarnated and they come back with a fear of something around their neck their whole life, or a fear of drowning, or a fear of being in enclosed spaces. That is a manifestation from their past life. Maybe they were hung, so they're afraid of neckties. Maybe they drowned in the past life. So they're afraid of water now. You know, it's just these things that we hold on to from past lives. In this life, we have to change it before we can move on.
1: I don't think I've ever truly gotten this story from you about when you were on. um, It's forged with fire, right? Or forged in fire. Yeah, forged in fire. How did that come about? Like, did you will that into, did you sign up for that? Or is that just something that was like invitation in the mail?
0: You know what? There was, I was brand new. I shouldn't have been on there, but you know, I watched the show and everyone, all these knife makers are just beaten down. I was buried, I wasn't even on social media. And all these bladesmiths, they would put application after application after application. I just one day just wrote a little email Hey, I'd like to be on the show. Three months later, I was on the show. And they were all pissed that, well, why did you get on it? Like, that's what I do. That's why these wonderful things fall into my lap.
1: Why do you feel like you weren't ready? Like, do you think now you're ready more compared to where you were before?
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I know so much more now. I was a big pretender when I went on there. I only had a year or so under my belt. It was, I was barely functional. I have a a good character. It's kind of like in uh, Pulp Fiction, in the beginning when they're sitting in the hallway talking to each other about foot rubs and shit like that. And they're like, all right, it's time. Let's get the character. And they go do their thing. That's how I have to be because of my social anxiety. But, you know, as long as you have a good character and you know something of what you're doing, but I would love to go back and I think I can kill it
1: now. Do you think that is kind of what shows a lot about a person is like, I know so many people that act a lot and they don't really try and be themselves or you could tell they're not like what they say they are. And then you eventually see that come out like there's just a point where the breaking is, but there are some people that like, they go for so long being this thing where they like get imposter syndrome and lose their true self of things like, I mean, I I just admit that I know nothing, but I've talked to so many people that I always have like an insight or a thought about something, but like, from a character point, like, even if you can fake it, like they say fake it till you make it, I'm like, but wouldn't you rather make it and know that you're actually ready for it, rather than faking it and then getting there and being like, "Oh shit, I'm not prepared to do this at all."
0: I think in some circumstances, because um, a lot of those guys don't put in the work; they're just really good personalities, you know. So they think they can just fake it without putting in the work. I. I'm not that guy. I have a decent personality, but I obsess to learn the craft of whatever it is I'm doing. If I'm power washing the house, I'll obsess over the best way to do this. How can I make it better? How can I make it faster? That's just the thing in my life. I have to make it better. I have to succeed at what I'm doing. My biggest thing in my life is not worrying about my biggest thing i i I, my worry is that i've disappointed somebody so i have to make sure that i do it right i do it fast i get everything done even if i'm at work i don't want to disappoint the boss with an excuse i have to do it right and i have to do it proper way learning how to make knives same thing it's just trial and error but i refuse to give up i'm very tenacious that way
1: Do you think that's probably a good aspect to have like a good ethic? Like for me, I never even if I'm sick, I don't miss work. Like I try my hardest not to miss a day if I'm scheduled, I'm going to show up. But that also means like when I'm not scheduled, I'm using that day for myself. I'm not going to, you know, I'm not a big cover shifts guy. I'm a guy that's going to do my own work and make sure I try not to take on more than I can handle. Like, you know, I feel like even especially even if I post a podcast episode a day, I still feel like I could be doing more. Like, that's part of the reason why I don't sleep is like, I feel like I could be designing something, I could be making something I could be reaching out to a guest, I could be t- learning a new topic, you know, like a lot of people sit there and say, like, well, "How?" like, I'm 23, but I have a shit ton of information in my head, because I'm always constantly trying to learn something new. Like I have binders upon binders of articles and articles and articles from aliens to the invention of cornflakes to uh you know masonry to so much random shit where i'm like you're my brain hasn't hit the limiter yet you know a person could obsessed about birds i'd rather be good at a bunch of different things than be a master at just one thing even though a lot of people are like well once you find what you're good at you can master it. I'm like, yeah, but I would rather be manageable to be able to have a conversation in all aspects. So I'm never feeling like I'm left out or I feel like I know less than someone.
0: See, that's the way I am too. Like, it's you have to, it's that obsession. It's you know, you're going to mess up, but you're obsessed on making it the best. You know, what do you, almost 800 shows in now? Yeah, almost. Yeah. You know, you, it's funny, I'll be putting my headphones in when I go to bed, and then I wake up at three in the morning with your voice in my ear, and it's kind of weird. But, you know, it just even in the short time, the hundred shows that we've known each other, the progression is amazing. Like, I even email you, I'm like, man, that show with this person, you guys had it on. It was great, you know? Not saying the old ones were bad. Not saying my old knives were bad.
1: I cringe at the first couple episodes.
0: Yeah, I've not gone back that far in the catalog. But, you know, it's just that progression. You manifest that your show is going to be big as Rogan someday. Why not? Why can't it be? What's the difference? You have the same guests. You have the same topics. You have interesting people. You know, it'll get there. You, You just have to don't give up. Don't give up on the dream. You don't give up making it better, making it the brand strong. You know, it's just one of those things, man.
1: What about you, for instance, doing going back on the show again? Do you think like you would take another crack at it or do you have anything else that you want to do besides like maybe a new knife idea? But like, what do you have in the long run? I don't think we've ever really talked about a knife shop.
0: No, you know what? As far as the knives, I'm on a good, playing right now with not too many orders the product is getting better and better and better um my and this is my weird bucket list you know i've pretty much done everything i've wanted up to this point my next is i want to be in a low-budget horror movie
1: human centipede
0: I, I dude I would be the mid, uh, middle
1: centipede do you really want Maybe. that you don't want to be the guy yes. that poops in everybody else's mouth uh,
0: you know I'm not opposed to it. I've had worse things in my mouth
1: I don't even want to answer I don't want to ask that the rest of that what what would you want to be though like because like for instance my I have a really good uh movie suggestion I think you, you would like was Willie's Wonderland with Nicolas Cage yeah have you ever seen that yeah, based on Five Nights at Freddy's, I think that was sort an of. amazing movie. People are like that was horrible, and I'm like, you're not really paying. Like the movie concept is good. It's a little bit fast paced when it comes to killing the machines and all that, but it's a. I think it's a. It has some potential to it. I'm like, that's a film I'd like to be in, something like that. I mean, you get to basically accomplish the goal of being in a horror film, or do you want to be like one of those like movies that gets talked about, like A Lady in the Water or The Happening? That's if the world is continues on bad energy, it's going to be the happening where it just kills everybody.
0: Yeah, no, I'm thinking more like Cabin in the Woods. That's a good movie. That's a great movie. And like I, I'm just a huge. There's like a few things like pop culturally wise, huge punk and metalhead, huge hip hop head, huge horror fan. Like that has been my whole life, and you know i've pl- i've done the band thing i've done the music thing i've done these little things but man my final thing is i want to be in a horror movie i want to be like like the weed smoking guy that just does puns all the whole time and makes it at least 3 quarters of the way
1: Dude, I'm telling you, if you, have you thought about reaching out to like some cosplayers and trying to think like, cause here's the thing with you is that you can do a mashup where you can make a cosplay blade, or you can make something that's probably not going to use real metal, but might have some similar parts to it. Then you just reach out to some of these horror people. Guy, I mean, I've talked to a few horror directors. I'm pretty sure I, I can get you on an audio drama show like that, but I don't know about an actual on-screen film one. That's going to be a little bit more difficult.
0: Oh, you know what I check? I'm in like one of the, uh. Actor guild kind of like you know, backstage kind of things where shit comes up, and there's always horror movies in this area that are being shot. But I don't even know where to begin, so I need like you got to hook me up with somebody that knows the world so I can get my uh, partner next order.
1: So what your next move would be to look up the hashtag horror. And then you would have to look at a bunch of like pages or the horror directing. For instance, I can reach out to some people too, that might have like, you know, little side skits. I'd have to look for something in your area unless you're willing to travel too. But I think that'd be a good, dude, I could totally picture you in a horror film, I, the stoner thing, maybe, but I picture you more like you wouldn't have like a lot of lines to say. You would say something wisecrack so smart in the instance where everyone immediately gets hooked to your character. Like I like this. Gonna be this guy.
0: guy. Yeah. What's up? yeah and just keep you know the, the one liner comes out
1: is is that pump seven you're on and just fucking walks away it's like wh- what where did he go
0: you want to go into the shed with the uh, chainsaws
1: <laughs> i picture you like dodgeball where he's like i don't like to drink my own urine but it's sterile and i like the taste <laughs> <laughs> see
0: that's what i'm saying i just want that that would be my my swan song would be. Being an a Do you So f- someday.
1: Do you feel like you, you want it so much to where you're trying to manifest it?
0: Oh, yeah. 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 Not because I'm so busy right now, but that's one of those on my manifestation list. Right now, my focus on manifesting is getting the knife blacksmithing thing to where I can almost make a career. So that's where a lot of my focus and energy is.
1: How much do you typically make? Or not how much do you typically make? How many orders do you typically do? Like, let's say, since uh, maybe like the start of this year? Uh,
0: Probably one or two things a month. But that's mostly because I work so much. Um, Right now I've got... Three things on the bench going out. So it's just, it it kind of ebbs and flows. But I've probably sold, over Christmas, I sold 25 knives, which helped pay for new equipment. Everything goes back into the shop. So I'm, I'm totally in the block right now. Everything I make is totally either for the shop or goes in the bank.
1: You need to get into the horror community be like i'll make you a knife and they're like but i want to actually chop somebody's head off you're like look i can't be attached to this if I'm, I'm going to engrave my name into it i don't want to be on the murder weapon
0: you know that's funny i had a bike club that i made a knife for one of the guys and he's like yeah i think all the guys are gonna want something I'm like i don't I, I don't think i just made this for you <laughs> i don't want a bunch of one percent bikers having my knives it's I, I kind of that.
1: It's I get stabbed. It's like uh making a deal with the devil it's like we're going to make your knives famous and then it turns out it's like you get one of those cases like lorena bobbit where your knife was used
0: <laughs> Dude, i uh, man, I'd feel bad about it maybe or i'd be the guy on like cnn Yeah, that was mine. That was mine. Didn't cut
1: his head right off. It sliced like butter, and that's just your pitch. And it's like, well, I don't know. You know, when someone's eating someone, do you want that to happen with your knife? It's like, hey, man, to each is their own. I just make the knives and sell them. What they do with them, that's up to them. Oh, I'd have to go into total
0: redneck mode, first character. Well, I don't know what happened. She cut the dick off. You can
1: say that on CNN. <laughs> you can Follow say whatever movie. you want. With all the shit they talk, you can say whatever you want. Um, that's a good movie pitch idea, though. Imagine it's like a story about a blacksmith and you're selling knives to like all these things and somehow a serial killer is using your brand of knives but every time he orders them it's another person that picks them up it's always a different person so you think you're making multiple sales and then you end up finding out that this serial killer is specifically using your knives and it turns out he's someone that you went to school with that you got had an issue with and then boom it just evolves from there kind of like billy where the dude scrapes off uh billy's name and lipstick scratches it off puts the lipstick on he's like thank god i called that guy
0: <laughs> dude it's on i would just have to do the screenplay where we got the the you bring your dad in you can dress like ace fairly and
1: he just awesome. like peter chris man
0: oh peter chris that's right who's the cat yeah wait who's
1: ace freely what? was spaceman
0: oh, that's right
1: best laugh in the business
0: yeah he was the other guitar player yeah right
1: can you believe that they wouldn't get radio time because of the way they looked
0: well it was the 70s
1: that's so fucking weird to me
0: you know it's it's kind of like uh manson you know when marilyn manson first came out it was the same kind of thing
1: yeah now me too, and I'm like, How are you going to meet to Marilyn Manson? Look at the way he looks like you already know he's going to be into some weird shit. See,
0: I've had this conversation where you're know, like, Because well, I'm a big, huge man, I love Manson, I love his uh, most all of his work. And, and that was, was what do you think about that? Well, you know who you're getting in a relationship with it's not that's not a facade he is that guy you know he does drugs he's totally open to whatever in his life it's you you're getting a you're not going to change him it's not going to be doilies and a nice house in the suburbs you're getting into a relationship with marilyn manson how can you dox that guy he has been nothing but honest with his lifestyle
1: It's kind of like, um, who's the singer for Judas Priest?
0: Oh, Rob Halford.
1: Rob Halford. No, everyone thought he was just metal and it turns out he was gay and he was dressing up in SMM outfits. It's like, he- he I don't know. Sometimes you you miss all the signs. I don't know. He had a whips and chains and stuff, but people thought that was metal. It's like, it's kind of like David Bowie, for instance, was like a, a lot. If you really look at the eighties and nineties, there's a lot of gay eighties and nineties rock stars where it's like a lot of people didn't even know, like, and they're shocked by it. I'm like, but look how they acted and look how they dressed. Like that's, I don't know how that got stereotyped to be metal metal. I consider more like tenacious D like they they're the best representation. Their song uh, Tenacious D has the metal. That fucking song, I don't care if you make fun of it because it's Jack Black playing it. It's good as shit.
0: Oh, Jack Black was top notch in that. You know, I you know, I've always liked Jack Black. I mean, his newer stuff is too kidding stuff, but you know, like Tropic Thunder. Come on. <laughs> but uh oh, like Rob Hofford can you get it? It, it, funny thing about the metal community, it, nobody really knew nor cared. And when he did come out, everybody's like, oh, okay, he's Rob Halford. He's the, he's the god of metal. You know, it, he has just as big a career now as he did then.
1: It's kind of like um, I've talked about this story with Jim Brewer, where he talked about how like one of his um friends or person people that he knew went like a little bit brain dead and went into a coma. And then when he came out of it, he couldn't use his legs. So he was just miserable. And his wife remembered coming home and seeing him like in front of a TV watching Metallica. And he goes, I want to go to that. And then he went to one of these Metallica concerts and what they call the Metallica family, when they, all these people would come over and treat you like family, they push him up to the front of the lines and he was out in such a positive effect by it that like the doctors had him in for another scan or something like that. And they saw parts of his brain were regenerating and they don't think it's the music that was being played. They think it was the community aspect of it. And I'm like, it really shows you like, you know, they talk about, um, even though I've met some of these guys and I think it's because of my age that they were really cool, but like the... Um, guardian angel people the fucking biker dudes they were really nice to me because i was young when i met them but if i met them now it would probably be a different story but like they're very very like look they look thug they look hardcore even though they're not super strong they're just tough ass people but they're really nice people trying to do something to protect other people and i'm like that's kind of like with metal for instance or that's with people that look like have tattoos all over their all over their face they're probably the nicest fucking people you know they they deter all the negative and all the bad and fake energies and they get their real people in front of them, which I think is why they do that.
0: Oh yeah. The metal community is the best. Like you had punk rock, you have issues, even some hip hop, there's issues, but for the most part metal heads are, you know, they have no one else but their own community because people do look at them like they're bikers or thugs or something else. And they're really just nerds that's simple and plain. They're obsessed with metal, you know, who has the best battle vest who went and, who's seen Slayer the most, you know, it's just a part of the community. It's fantastic.
1: Um, <laughs> you started naming off all these, like, I guess what you'd call hardcore things. I was like, huh. I had a bowl of nails or whatever, without any milk, that SpongeBob episode I was like, Oh shit. Oh shit.
0: Even biker clothes, man, they're great dudes. You know, they just, you know, as long as everything's cool, everything's cool, you know. They have an agenda, but they don't want to go out and be mean to anybody. They're just protecting their own.
1: I prefer... If more people like a lot of people say, like, I'm not I'm not mean, I just speak what's on my mind. And I'm like, well, your fucking mind's pretty horrible if that's what it is. But I prefer people to be more authentic rather than just be like fake, like, you know, the people that go, okay, yep, that was nice seeing you, too. Even though you don't want to say that you want to say go for like I'm like, if you keep letting that door open for them to be like engaged in that conversation or something, just tell them like, hey, man, I'm sorry, I just don't feel like talking or I don't want to talk to you. I'd rather that because like that's what you get in a community of people like you can actually connect with is when there was like no bullshit. When I'm shooting pool or doing something at a bar, like a couple of years ago, I would go and I got really into pool and I would play pool. And there'd be people that would be like around the bar scenario and stuff. You just see all these fights and all these interactions where someone disagrees over something and it's like are you guys really friends or you guys like just fucking, well, we work together. It's like, it doesn't mean you need to go and have a beer together. It just means like, you need to like, when I sit and play pool and I'm sitting there making a shot, if I can play pool with somebody and there's no horrible interaction, nobody gets mad if we're not betting or something. I'm like, fucking, it's like that with anything you get in a community with the people that you can really connect with. But so much of that now is like, do you actually connect with these people or are they just like, "Mm, it's kind of for the look of it. You know what I mean? Like social media wise, we take a picture together and post it so everyone sees it.
0: I think that's true. You know, I I make sure, like, because I've got very few people in my immediate circle that I allow in. But even at work, most people tell me when I first met you, I thought you were an asshole. Well, yeah, yeah. I as soon as I meet somebody, I'm taking you out of your comfort zone. I'll say something absolutely off the wall that you may consider misogynist or racist or just downright ugly to see what you how your reaction is. Now if I if I make it me being a Polish American, if I make a Pollock joke and you go yeah fuck them Pollocks, now I know where you stand. you know so I try to pull them out. I want to make you comfortable in this world see what you how you react you say something that is against women even though i made some joke about you know giving women shoes and i only do that just to see where people stand and that's how my click becomes tighter because they are all in the same mindset to where all right we now know where he stands that's not his way but Soon as somebody gives me, yeah, fuck women. Like, all right, I'm with you now. I know where you stand. You're out. You're not in the click. You know, or if somebody says something racial and means it, you're out. You're not part of this. You know, so I, I get it all the time. Man, you're an asshole. I didn't think I'd like you. Like, yeah, good. Good. Now we can start fresh.
1: I think the best example of that would be like, how many times do you see videos of rappers and a bunch of people like, yeah, man, yeah, man, saying what the person agrees with. And it's like, do you guys really agree with what he's saying? Or are you just hanging out with them because of how popular that person is?
0: Oh, yeah. Uh, see, I get that a lot. And it, it's it's kind of sad because I, with me being an old school hip hop head, it was more kind of, old hip hop used to be more like the middle community to where it wasn't about the money. It was about the art form. It wasn't about clicks. It wasn't about diamonds. It was just about the art and the community. Now, just I still love it, but I don't like where it's going. It does, the art or the artistry is gone.
1: Yeah, it's probably the one thing I really enjoy about. Um, can't believe I'm blanking on his name again. Bill Gates. He wears the same fucking sweater. And he does all this stuff, and I'm like, I get it because like he's not gonna go all fancy and try and buy like a like I got so mad at Conor McGregor when he showed off his like million dollar watch, and I'm like, why the fuck do you need that? Cause it looks and people like the way like oh he's got money. It's it's like a show off thing. And I'm like, man, I'm fine with a flannel no matter what money I have. And if money's gonna change that thought of that and make it so like oh no, you need to wear the freshest clothes, the nicest stuff, then I don't know necessarily if I want that much money. Cause when that starts to change me as a person, it's very, very hard to let that or to revert that change. You know, I watched my cousin, he almost married into wealth. Like they were doing $50,000 like plane flights like they had a private jet and shit to go eat dinner, like a $50,000 dinner. I'm like, what are you buying for $50,000? And it's like, he would send pictures and it's like, that's not $50,000 worth of food. That's fucking nothing. That's like, like you're eating at Ruth Chris, you eat at Ruth Chris steakhouse because it's the idea of eating at Ruth Chris steakhouse. It's supposed to be fancy, but I'm like, I can spend $40 on a small little steak or I could spend that $40 on groceries for a week. Like, I don't want my mind to change in any way. And if money or fame is going to change or manipulate your mind because you get used to a stature of living, I'd say, I don't know if I want that stature of living. I'm more than happy being at like the normal base level of things rather than, I mean, it would be nice to have a billion dollars, but would that change my personality? Would that make me more of an asshole? Would that make me some type of like false person? I lose myself along the way. It's a big kind of, I understand it, but what you see with child stars, Nobody prepares you for that type of fame. Nobody prepares you for that situation. Even when you're an adult, there's no roadmap for it. It's fucking so contaminating and so, inf- like, there's the redemption of, or the truth about Britney Spears on Hulu, the documentary where it shows her father using her for so much shit. And it's like, no wonder she's fucked up. It's so hard because people will manipulate you, say things that you want to hear. You'll see people come out of the woodwork that you would never have heard from if you didn't get this one thing that they're jealous of about you. And they want to suck off that little bit of fame. And I'm like, is it better to just be surrounded by no one or is it better to be surrounded by people that really don't give a shit about you? It's a fucking weird, like, who's who of where do I go? How do I do this? And how do I live?
0: Oh, I agree 100%. It's, you know... and we, I've had conversations like people, like, well, I need to make, I want to live in this house, this big house. I want to have this money. I want to live on the lake. Like, Man, I got no interest in money. My bills are paid. I live within my means. You know, every we have everything that we want, but it's 1,500 square feet of content. There's no, I don't want a lot of money. I don't want to be able to, I, if, if my knife thing came off, went off the ground enough to where I could quit my job, all right, cool, you know, but I, I don't want all those headaches and grabberons and like you see, like Conor McGregor, when he first came out, he was a fighter, man. He had no money, you loved him, next thing you know, he's got the guy Richie suits on his million dollar watch, he's got a whole crew that's backing him, and he's throwing trash cans at buses. You know, you're not a fighter anymore. You're a thug. That's not the person I signed on for.
1: You know,
0: at any time, even if I had a million dollars, I keep everything street level. Because at any moment, I could be poor as hell. I could be on the streets. I don't want to forget what that's like. I don't want to forget about eating hot dogs and ramen and bush light every day and living in a house with five dudes and how shitty that is. You know, I've dug my way up, but I do not in any way want to have this beautiful house and have it all taken away. Live at ground level, live by, to my means, and that's it. I'm absolutely, and if I did win a million dollars, I'd move out in the middle of nowhere and not have any interactions with anybody. I'd be fine with that.
1: I think I just want enough to where I can pay the bill to survive rather than have to try and pay the unquenchable bill of greed. Because once that unquenchable bill of greed comes in, you're kind of screwed over. You're lost in so many ways.
0: It's terrible. I I know in the South, and I'm sure up by because you're on the ocean, you have a lot of absolute –
1: Two grand a month for the cheapest place down here.
0: Ridiculous. But even down South, it's – they're blue bloods. So we have a lot of old Southern slave money. So you have a lot of guys in their Jaguar and their Maseratis that don't have to do for anything because they have old school family money and they have no skills they have nothing interesting in their lives now it just it it makes no sense to me why you'd want to live like that
1: it's kind of like we were talking about before when the spirit passes on it's kind of like there are some people walking around that just seem like husks
0: yeah you know it's kind of like when you when somebody dies at 27 the 27 curse with the musicians that all died shit like that you know you're put on this earth to learn and there's a point where you've learned absolutely everything you can or what you're put here to learn you know how many people do you know or have heard of that had these just they're beautiful people and they were at the prime of their life and they've learned and they're Just about to make something beautiful and they die all of a sudden. That is basically why you're here. You're here to learn. And when you've learned everything you're supposed to in this life, you move on. That's just that chaos in the universe is it just putting everything right again?
1: Couldn't agree with you more, man. I mean, we've been talking for almost an hour and a half, man. I know you got dad shit do husband shit i'm sorry husband shit. shit i can't believe i read when i said it out loud i was like all right that makes more sense he said it before and i was like what does that mean what does he mean by husband shit?
0: i'm not opposed to having a husband
1: probably get along better you
0: probably would
1: I've thought about it so many times. I'm like, there's, I don't like having a roommate. That's a dude is so much probably easier. than just trying to, cause there's always that, like we got to include the romance instead of just having a beer or something. I don't know. Maybe that's just the relationships I've been in.
0: I don't know. No, I, I it's like me and my wife been together 30 years. Since we were teenagers and it's, yeah, you know, if I was gay at least I'd have somebody to go fishing with and drink beer out on the front lawn.
1: I'm not getting into this discussion, Aaron. We're not doing we that at the end. We can't, can't do it. Um, oh, come on. No. Aaron, where can people find you at, man? What's your uh, Instagram where people can look at some of your knives?
0: Nova Savage Forge. Uh, NovaSavageForge.com. uh I'm out of Spartanburg, South Carolina. So anytime anybody's in the area, I do get some classes once in a while. So you can
1: always get of man. I'll make sure I link it in the description. And thanks for listening to this episode of Out of the Blank Podcast.